Welcome back to Motherhood Interrupted. I'm your host, Kimberly Lovey. Today I have on Sean Keeler, a tech guy turned stay-at-home dad. My friend, Hillary Thornton, introduced me to Sean as we previously discussed our experience going from hard-charging corporate track women to stay-at-home mom. You can check out that discussion on episode number 76 as I do reference that discussion several times throughout my time here with Sean. Sean is a father to three boys, a 10-month-old, a 7-year-old, and a 9-year-old. His wife, Lauren, is a teacher at a university and is flourishing in her career, one she has worked long and hard for. Sean describes how he and Lauren came to the decision for him to take care of the home and the kids while enabling Lauren to continue crushing it at work. We discuss everything from losing and gaining self-confidence as a stay-at-home parent to keeping it sexy, especially as the dad, finding room for creativity again to navigating the division of labor with your spouse. So many of these issues are so raw, so real, and so honest. And whether you're a stay-at-home parent or a working parent, this conversation will definitely resonate. I really appreciate Sean coming on and sharing his insights, and it really made me see just how lucky his kids are to have a dad that passionately pours into his kids, playing and nurturing them every single day. Now, if you're enjoying this episode, please share it with friends, rate it, and follow us. And that's the social currency we need to keep the show going strong, guys, so we appreciate it. With that, welcome Sean Keeler to Motherhood Interrupted. Sean, I am super interested in learning all about what life is like as a stay-at-home dad. I think it's super interesting to investigate and explore just kind of this, what I'll call like a diversion or a breach of like gender norms. And obviously your wife is working. She's incredibly successful, brilliant. You're clearly brilliant. Can you kind of walk us through how, like, what were you doing before and how did it come to be that you ended up in this role as a stay-at-home dad? Yeah, um, I was I was working full time. You know, my wife going through grad school. You know, my sort of role was just to have a job and kind of support that, so that she could she could go through and and see that through to the end. So once she graduated, got a couple of doctoral placements and stuff. And so I've just kind of I've I've always been involved in sales and marketing. That's my main background. Tech companies, startups, local you know sort of boutique agencies, but always in in the sort of sales and marketing vein and. And I've had like probably four or five different jobs in the course of her going through and finishing all of that, just, you know, sort of small companies, big companies. I did quite a bit of consulting as well. And really the decision to stay at home kind of came down when COVID hit. It was, you know, we were, we were both working uh, a ton. We hadn't had our baby yet. Um, We had just two older boys. They were in school, but a lot of, you know, a lot of time and I was put it, put it home basically. Uh, and then a few months later, as a consultant, I was just like go entirely. And so, you know, Lauren had a very stable job with the university, but it was it was unsure whether or not she was going to be teaching on campus or remote. You know, there's quite a bit of sort of scrambling to do. And so the support was really needed at home. She was at home. There's just too much going on with like, you know, the older kids, their laundry. It's like everything is just if nobody does it, you know, as well as anyone, it just it just kind of backs up. And so. I was getting burned out and I was really kind of keen on the idea of slowing down a little bit and, you know, getting stuff around the house done, being able to spend more time with the family and just kind of doing things for the family. The idea of doing stuff for the family, you know, I really adored that. I think in a way that I 
didn't didn't see before. Maybe it was just that I, you know, there wasn't really an opportunity. COVID kind of forced a lot of people's hands, I think. And so we just never went back. You know, we're we're kind of settled in now. And we've had a lot of discussions about what it would look like to work again. You know, I think there's there's the potential to maybe start something up that's small that I could grow over time. But, you know, I think for now it's it's just been so nice and refreshing to have to have someone managing the house. I mean, there, you know, there's just, there's so much that goes on. And with the new baby now, it's in that time since COVID we've had, you know, uh, he's 10 months old now. So we've got a new baby and all the, all the more reason to have all the hands on deck at home. And oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So what is your new been, baby's that's name? Wesley. Oh, what is Wesley's birthday? January 13th. Oh, okay. So we have baby London, February 27th. So we're, you and I are living a lot of our lives in parallel right now, quitting the job, working remotely as a consultant, then quitting the job and leaning into the home. It's a lot of your journey is similar to mine. And it's so great to have a conversation with somebody that really has walked that walk or is walking it kind of by my side. You know, I don't know if you heard Hillary. So Hillary came on and she said it so perfectly. She like, I always think of it when you have a, you know, working parent and a stay at home parent, I think of it in terms of like balance or, you know, traditional roles. I think of, you know, when I think, okay, one working parent, one stay at home, but the way she said it was so awesome. She said, well, not everybody can be on the revenue generating side of the house. Somebody needs to be ops. I chuckled so hard because I'm like, thank you for putting it in terms of business because that totally resonates. Like you nailed it. That was exactly totally. the right way of putting it, right? Yeah, not everybody in, in an enterprise is re- generating revenue on a daily basis. There's, you know, Nancy in accounting is just, you know, making sure that the books flow forward. I mean, it's, and she gets paid, you know, accordingly. Like that's, you know, that's yep. great. I struggled at first, you know, when I, when I first started staying home with the kids and people, we'd get together with friends and, you know, like all of the, you know, we'd get together with all the dads and, Hey man, I'm, I'm at this law firm and Hey, what do you do? And what do you do? And my initial response was always, you know, early on, I was like, well, I'm, you know, I'm in sales and marketing or, you know, I've been consulting for the past little bit. I, I rarely bring up my professional past, you know, at this point when I talk with people, I'm just fully into a stay-at-home dad and I've thought a lot about like why I was so apprehensive to like own that initially and I think it is because of the the sort of defined gender roles that we have in society you know I think also it's it's also kind of reinforced in in media in consumerism and in advertising you know I think there's this question whether or not dads can actually be stay-at-home you know like can be the stay-at-home parent like, can they actually do all the things? You know, you see these commercials with dads not being able to change a diaper or fumbling around the kitchen with the, you know, hands on fire and smoke's bellowing out of the oven. He's got a dish rag over his shoulder and he's on the phone with the mom and he's got a baby in his arm. And it's just like a complete shit, like shit show, you know, like, but that's not how it is, you know, like, it's just, I, it's, if you're in the thick of it, you've learned just like in any other case. No one after three years of driving a car is all of a sudden one day like, well, I don't know what I'm doing, you know? So to, to kind of buck that and go, you know, against that, I think is, you. I've had moms in the past that, you know, are like, oh, hey, bless your heart, you know? I'll bet you get a lot of help from, from mom, you know? And you're like, 
you know, not really. I mean, she's pretty busy, like she works full time. So it goes both ways, but it, it was hard initially because of that to get on, to get on board fully. So glad you brought that up. Cause that actually was one of my questions around how society perceives you or how you kind of handle and manage that. Cause that's quite a, I mean, look again, Hillary and I were talking about that in general, people don't society does not really reward or respect or highly regard a stay at home mom, let alone a stay at home dad. So it's something that me as a woman, like I feel that I, you know, I can imagine the weight that puts on you in some ways, but I do think as you're talking, it's interesting to me because it goes back to what we were just saying about our kids. And what I'm realizing is like, maybe it's not so much about the gender per se more. It seems like it's more like who you are as an individual. So for example, you seem like you're equipped to handle all the things that are required of being a stay-at-home parent, which you and I both know it is no joke. Like you just described, there's like 10 different things you have to juggle. There's so many, there's just a lot. You could be stressed out constantly. But like, I think about my husband and I genuinely feel like between the two of us, like I have a stronger intuition. Like I know that I naturally just can read our kids better just because I know his personality. And so I think that it's really interesting because I do think maybe it's like as a society, we're assuming that it's always the women that are more capable, but look, maybe two, two parents are both equally capable, you know, or maybe the husband is more capable. It just depends on the person. Maybe that's really what it, maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, based on what you know, based on what society has has sort of told you, who is better equipped to take all the kids out on a camping trip on their own? Is it mom or is it dad? Oh, dad, 100%. Right? So if we're willing to accept that, we know that outright, like, why? We're talking about camping. We're literally talking about going out in the middle of the woods, making a makeshift house, providing all of the nourishment, food, supplies, all of the entertainment. And if dads are the best at that kind of stuff, why the hell wouldn't a dad be great at home where you have this, all of the amenities, all of these comforts, all of these things, right? Like, so I think there's these contradictions in society that we, Mm -hmm. that we see sometimes where it's like a dad could never be a stay at home, you know, a stay at home parent. And it's like, but but I would totally trust dad to take all three kids out with hatchets in the middle of the the woods, you know, and and climb up, climb on ropes and climb up trees and, you know, boulder on rocks and find stuff and dig around. And like, like if that's, you know, if we're willing to accept that that's dad's dad can handle it, dad can handle that. He can handle anything. Right. And so there are, Mm -hmm. there are these, I think things where like, at least for me, I, I try as a stay at home dad. And, you know, that was, that was my challenge to myself was like, I'm not just going to sit around here and, you know, do this stuff. I've got the freedom to do this. And my kids, you know, when they have the freedom to do this, then we're getting out. Like we go rock hounding on the weekends. We go out the, you know, the mountains and we go and dig out crystals. Like we go and camp when we can. I mean, it's soccer season right now. So they're a little busier, but I mean, we've probably camped a dozen times in the last, you know, year and a half. So there's like there and even just just overnight, you know, maybe just like leave at three in the afternoon, go hit a spot an hour away, set up, let them run around and go psycho, wake up and make some oatmeal and start a fire because like those are the things they really want to do. Right. And it's not about like being out there for an extended time. It's just changing it up, having fun, the anticipation of driving out there, you know, like finding this spot. I let them pick out a spot where we should go. And 
So like, there's just, you know, for me, I've really taken it on. Like, what can I be doing? We cut rocks open at the house. I got a tile saw so we can cut open rocks, you know, like there's just stuff we do. They've got toolboxes. We build stuff together. There's like, I involve them in all these things because I have the time because, you know, we can't, I've got a nanny that helps out too, a few days a week. And that's really nice with the baby. Uh, Again, it's like without that, I just wouldn't have time to go shopping and do laundry and, you know, all of that other stuff uh, that is required. But yeah, I mean, for me, I've, I treat it a lot. Like if I'm going to be at home with them, how can we not just survive, but how can we really, you know, thrive? What, like, what are things that we can be doing what are things I can set up for them? You know, I'll go and cut out while they're at school, like little templates of wooden swords or something, and then let them, you know, paint them and color them on the weekend with me. And then we'll finish them off and stuff. Like there's just stuff that we can do that I can help enrich their life. But I think this gets back to those family ties. Right. And when it comes time for those polls, those other social polls from their friends when they're 12 and 13, and they're like, Hey, let's go let's go do this, you know, think that might be not such a smart idea, or let's go do this, like, you know, hopefully they'll have the confidence and the judgment supported by the life that we've given them and the values we've instilled in them and just the support that that they feel, you know, even if they're far away from us, I like to consider that there's like this, you know, it's like a bubble that when you're close, it's squished, but you know, the further away they get, it's still there in between you, right? There's still this soft space that is kind of there. Um, and so I'd like to think that all of these things we're doing now and this relationship and this dependent, you know, this trust that I'm building with them, that, that dad's always going to be there and not just always be there, but always be there in a really great way will help to keep that tie strong to home. I love that. Family. That is, you know, it, it really does show what it showcases, what an advantage it is for those boys to have their dad, you know, nurturing them every day and, you know, doing all the things that boys like to do or people like to do kids like to do. And like, really just, yeah, I mean, that quality time is priceless. And I do think that that is really a game changer for kids in general. And to get it from your dad, I mean, that's like a huge gift. You know, I feel like you always have your attachment to your mom because mom is mom, but to also get your dad off of that is just, I mean, that's transformative. So I want to ask you something when you're out, let's just say at the park, And you know, when you're like with you and your baby or you and some of your kids, and then there's like a mom there with her kids, like as a woman, if there are two women there, we'd start chatting probably as a dad, how are you received by women and and what can we learn to do better if there's something missing there? That's a really nice question. And I appreciate that consideration and thinking about that. Yeah. I mean, I'm a super talkative person and I, and I really don't, I have no qualms about just like. Hey, what's up? If our kids are playing together, I'll just say how old, you know, I'll, I'll start a dialogue no matter what, like, Hey, how old's your baby? Or, you know, do you guys come here a lot? Um, or this is Wesley, you know, he likes this or that. Um, I'm Sean. Nice to meet you. We live in the area, you know, just like I, I, I'm cognizant of, you know, being a male and like, you know, it's a park. You can say it's a park. It's a public place. It's there for everybody. But most of the time that I'm there with the kids, it's like mostly moms, 99% moms. And if there's a dad there, the mom's usually always also there, right? And so it's rarely just a dad and the kids. And so I'm cognizant of that and like, you don't want to be a, a creepy guy that's just like, hey, hey, you know, what's up? But 
there's a there's a level of like disarming like saying hey this is my baby i'm i'm his, i'm his dad we live in the area you know like all of these things out front should let you know that i'm just here at the park with my baby i think i think it's you know i don't get i don't get a, like a i don't get a bad read per se from moms typically when i'm out at like the park and stuff if anything i think it's you know it's more like oh hey that's really great to see you know like i think there's usually like a sense of appreciation for like oh that must be nice um or something like that you know it's hard to it's hard to know what everyone's situation is and if they're willingly a stay-at-home mom or you know we're kind of urged to go like it's it's you never know most most of the times it's it's nice the, the thing i really got pushback from was candidly at first my mother-in-law and my own mom right those are the main women in my life that that i think were that I, I felt a little bit more like resistance or judgment you know from about what are you going to do after this if you you know how long is it going to be if it's too long will you have any opportunities you know if you don't have any opportunities what does that look like you know just like and i, and I think those are all fair questions to ask for sure but wondering if you know if it was the right move versus like lauren per se like they're just if, if they would have never asked those questions for her then i don't understand why you know they would be asked for me it just doesn't make any sense and you know getting back to the sort of ops side of this like the revenue generating and the ops side of this we just talked a lot about you know all of the things i like i do and i think about and you can imagine every business out there has these sort of strategic conversations and these you know ideations about how can I do my job best? How can I how can I make this a really great environment and blow the expectations out of the water? Uh, there's so much to that, as you know, so much brain power and thought that goes into like just every single day. I think arguably more than someone who has a pretty standardized job and just you know knows what they're doing. But yeah, I think getting back to the the feedback or you know how how it's received, um, I think it's generally pretty good. I can, there's maybe like a handful of times that it's like, it's, you know, it, it felt like to me, I got a sense of like, well, why aren't you going out and making money? Like, you know, like just a little bit of an air of like judgment or, you know, like I'm supposed to be like, I'm taking a break or something, or like, I'm, you know, I'm kind of going the easy route out or, or, you know, whatever. Um, mind you, like my wife will never leave her. She loves doing what she does. And so, that's the whole reason, you know, that we made this decision was like, I've had four or five jobs, you know, since graduating at various ad agencies and tech startups and, and this and that. And she's been on one track for one job for like nine years now. And it doesn't make sense for her to pull out of that completely. And in academia, if she does take, you know, a year off, that's it. I think, you know, you talked a lot about worrying and, and in losing your professional self, you know, slowly, um, which I think happens, you lose that like crust, you know, like that you have. But even if it's even if it's buried, you know, like a past a past life, you have those skills. That's that's all there. I mean, I have no, you know, I have no reason to believe that I couldn't go and sell whatever it was in a heartbeat. And if in two years, you know, Salesforce looks completely different, like you know, I have no reason to believe I couldn't get in there and learn it in a week. Like, there's just there's always going to be opportunity and you'll always have that experience that, you know, those skills, those, those um, contacts, 
And I, I think losing that straight 100% focus on business and having that sort of balanced approach could potentially, you know, make a more, a more vicious, you know, sort of business in the future. You're saying exactly what I'm saying, and you're using different words, which is, look, after how many years of experience, education, everything you've done, the way I see it is like, work's always going to be there. It will, there will always be a job for sure. Especially sales. Like that's someone always needs a salesperson period. The end, like, it's not even to me. I don't worry about, about getting another job. Cause I'm like, I, I already know, like I, I have all these skills. No one's taking it in education. No one's taking that from me. That's I, you're not going to lose your edge either. I mean, if you were the kind of, if you were, if you were a battle ax in business, then that's, that's who you are. It's, you know, it, it, being able to recognize that and not be a battle ax with your children is, you know, is really nice. But like, that doesn't mean that if you got back into a situation where you have to negotiate on behalf of someone or something and the, your pay require, you know, is, is dependent on it or whatever, right. That you're, that you're not going to be able to remember what it's like to put someone's argument back on them, you know, whatever, like do what you've got to do. Right. I mean, there's, it's always going to be there. And I, I think it's, you know, maybe like if you were starting a new job, you know, you think about like how timid it is to go in on the first day of a new job and just where you don't know anyone, you know, it's just like, and you've got to just roll into it and, and, and do it. Um, I think that, I think that there's a certain, you're right that there's a certain element of, cause you don't really need it. You don't really need to have all that confidence, you know, with your kids. You're just, you're just, you know, keeping things rolling. You know, you're not, I guess I handle all of our, my wife is really, she really doesn't like talking to people on the phone. And so like anything going wrong with the house, like I've been dealing with the solar people for the last few weeks and I blew up their social media. I like, you know, went down to their headquarters. Like I, you know, there's, there's opportunities for me to still like exert my dominance, I guess. But I think <laughs> that, I think that as that confidence maybe shifts a little bit or goes into different areas, um, that just means that, that what you, that maybe you're not the right person anymore to do what you used to do. Right. And so like, for me, if I think about like, there's no way you will catch me back at a, like a high, high growth tech startup, like it, not even, not a management, not anywhere. Like I just won't go in that scene. That's just it's too, too much happening there that I just don't want to be a part of. And I am aging. I'm aging for that scene. Like that is, that is like a mid twenties to like, you know, mid thirties kind of latest, you know, um, you've got some folks in their forties up in management. Um, but it's not, you know, it's not that common. And so um, I get that. I be fully honest. If I were going to do, you know, something now that was revenue generating, I would probably start like a classic car or restoration company because I, I, that's something where I could have, you know, I could have that confidence um, in knowing what I'm doing, knowing what I'm putting out, knowing that, you know, if I'm selling a, a restored car that, um, it's been done well and that I could confidently, you know, like, uh, back that. Um, but that's not something where I would have all the, the stress, the high stress. Like, it's just, you know, I would get involved in something that I really enjoy that I have a passion for that. I already have that inherent, you know, sort of innate confidence, you know, already, already there that I could work with. I wouldn't feel comfortable or confident going into, 
like, you know, your old situation or my old situation, maybe an ad agency, right? Starting out a little ad agency or something, I would feel great about that. And you could take it slow and build it up. And so I think it just means that if, um, I, I don't know if the confidence goes away, it maybe shifts, you know, to different areas, but I, I can't tell you what you're, you know, what you're feeling for sure. Um, I'm just suggesting that, you know, for me, it, it has, um, it's felt a little bit more like a shift than like vanishing altogether. And I've thought about that. Like, could I go back and do the kind of work I did before even consulting with some of the companies I consulted with, you know, where you're like, I don't really like this guy. He seems kind of shady, but he's got money and I need, you know, I need to get, I need to get paid for this month. And so like, you know, it'd be great to like, you're just, there's the compromises you make knowing knowingly. And I think now, now having done both things, the idea of going back to work looks a lot different to me than it might've looked before. It, it, then, it, then it looked before when I was, when I've been looking for a job, right. Or when I was changing jobs, like it just looks a lot different. I totally get that. I think, think that it's interesting because you're also highlighting something else that's very interesting to me, which is in stepping away from the hustle bustle of, you know, the normal workforce that we've always been a part of and always been clamoring to join. I think in taking that pause and the break from that workforce, it does give you a lot more time to be introspective and thoughtful and intentional with, if you were to relaunch into some kind of career capacity, you know, maybe in the next chapter, if you were to kick that around, it does make you think of things you know, I think you start to see opportunities differently. You start to identify things that would be more of passion projects for you, things that you'd be, you know, more eager and excited to do and do with passion. It just, it's an interesting experience to get to stop the rat race and get to stop and be thoughtful mm -hmm. and intentional and be present. Um, I guess to that point, you know, I do, I am starting to feel a little bit like anxious. Like I want to go back to work. Like I want to work and I've been trying to challenge, like, why, why do I feel that way? And, you know, is part of it my ego? Cause I I'm good at making money. Like what, you know? And so it's been this kind of ongoing internal struggle for me. And I don't think that there's a right or a wrong. And I think for everyone, it's different. It really comes down to yourself and your expectations of yourself or, you know, just what you want frankly, I guess, as you mm -hmm. think about it for you, do you perceive this in your mind as like a chapter where it makes sense for you to stay home? You, you want to be present with your boys. Obviously you're amazing at it. In your mind, you feel like, okay, well, maybe I'll go and relaunch into some kind of passion project at some point, or like, we'll see you have that internal dialogue because I definitely do. And I think it's to a fault, but then I know my friends that are stay-at-home moms and they're like, oh no, I'm fully content. Like I'm not going, like they don't have that itch inside of them. Like where do you sit with that? Yeah, no. So yes, I have that dialogue all the time and I have done, I've done lots of passion projects. I was building boom boxes with some friends of mine out of Oakland and we were laser cutting all of the parts and the whole design of the boom box could be entirely cut out, you know, from wood sheets and we're shipping them as kits. And like, yeah, I've done a lot of weird things and it, I've picked up a lot of hobbies that I had no idea that I would find. Um, and, and I'm always, I, I have, my mind is always commercializing everything like this. I can, 
probably every day I have like three to five businesses that just like pop in my head and I'm like, why isn't someone doing this? Like, I literally just said there should be a brand new funding, uh, there should be a brand new like funding model for selling cars instead of auctions. This should just, everyone should be a sweepstakes. And you're literally just, if I want to sell a car, $70,000 is what I need to get. I'm going to put that as my reserve. And as soon as 70,000 people buy a $1 ticket or enough people buy $70,000 worth of tickets, the thing goes and there's a countdown and get 24 hours left to, to brush and buy it and then randomly select a winner. And I'm like, this serves the, you know, a random person out there gets to get a car for like maybe five bucks because that's how many tickets they bought. I still get the full asking price of my sale. Like, right. Where I'm trying to try to find out like why this is a bad situation, you know, like, but that's then you get into taxes. What it, yeah, but like, what if someone, you know, can't afford it, inherits a $70,000 car all of a sudden, you know, because they bought $2 worth of tickets and, and they've got to have this thing, you know, they, they were shipping it to them in Rhode Island or whatever. And now they can't afford it and they can't afford, you know, so like what happens there, who's, you know, who's responsible for it, you know, like there's a, there's a lot of, but in my mind, I'm like, this is a great idea. This could be for like luxury bags and watches and like everyone, why not just like the ability to create a sweepstakes for an individual to create a sweepstakes around any product that they want to sell privately. That's it. Absolutely. I just, that is such an but, interesting thing that you just said. And I know you still have to answer my first question, but I just have to we, make a point. We can talk. Yeah, I know. Forever. Well, know. The, the thing about that, I, this morning came up with a business also, and it had to do with pumping, like pimp out your pumping. Cause I was thinking if men pumped, they'd be pimping out these pumping rooms, like, you know, at, because they're like little closets at work. And like, if it, if it were men, they'd have video <laughs> games and luxury couches yeah. and a car and anyway, whatever. So I guess I'm only sharing that because what I'm really getting out of this discussion right now is something very, very poignant, which is it really goes to show that our creativity is severely stunted when we're in the middle of the rat race constantly if you look at a child, they're constantly creating ideas. Your kids probably imagine things. They create things with you. Why is that? And I was thinking of it last night. My son was coming up with something. I'm thinking, what a beautiful time in his life where he's not worrying about how he's going to make rent and how, you know, all these things you end up worrying about as an adult. He's in this precious place where he can just create. Yes. And you're experiencing that. And so am I because we're not caught up. And I just think that's really interesting to point out that we get to actually be creative. Yeah. So, so to answer your first question, of course, yes, I think about stuff all the time. Um, I think about businesses all the time and um, no, I'm not, I'm not done. Like I've got a lot of life left and I think there's a lot of opportunity and, and there's a lot of money to be made out there. Like I still, I still want to make money. Like, you know, I, I think it, it's in a different way. It looks different. I mean, I, there's no reason I can't be selling hundred thousand dollar, you know, restored classic cars. Uh, there's a huge market for that. There's plenty of folks that do that. I have all the same skills that, that they have. I can acquire knowledge that I don't have that they have. And over time I can, I think I could be doing the same thing. And so, you know, I don't have, I think the ambition to go and like, I don't want to build a $10 million business, you know, like I'm not trying to do that. I think if the right idea pops in my head and it seems like well, this is interesting, you know, like I, I went through the run actually, like last year, I, I met three, three or four times with a developer here in town, buddy of mine to talk about a, an idea that we were calling homework. And it was just basically 
Airbnb, but for remote workers. So like you pull up your thing and you see all the people's homes in your area that are available. And it's like, well, this person's got a beautiful balcony I could work off of. And there's coffee and tea and it's 20 bucks an hour. So I'll, I'll do two hours at this person's house and it's two blocks away and I can bring my dog, you know, like it's like literally just allowing that, that marketplace to connect people who don't want someone staying in their house unattended, but they want to be there and just host, you know, remote designers and developers and people. There's a guy and I'm sitting on my patio and theory, there could be three people at the kitchen table and two people in the, you know, on the sofa in there brilliant. and some music maybe playing inside. And that's brilliant. Like, so it, you know, I went through building this whole thing out. We ultimately came to the idea that, you know, we're going to have to find a couple hundred thousand dollars to really put into development and build, you know, the architecture for this. Um, there are some apps that you can, you know, marketplaces where you can buy the structure or, you know, the framework for, a marketplace like this, but it did have to be adapted quite a bit and, you know, remodeled quite a bit. So um, we had to ask the question, like, is this something we want to do? He has a full-time job, you know, yeah. this is just on the side. He was like, probably take me a few months. And, you know, at that point I was like, am I ready to go and hit hyperdrive and try to raise a couple hundred thousand dollars to put this maybe idea in the motion? And it doesn't stop after that. It goes ideally for years and years and years, but like, even if it, you know, peters out, it's at least going to go for a year to a year and a half. And before you realize that it's just not going right. So there's, That's do so I want to, do I want to take on that risk? Yep. Um, yeah. But it, it happens all the time. There's lots of stuff, little things I've thought about. I mean, I have an Instagram handle waiting for me to start up for just selling weird vintage, you know, stuff. I'm always buying weird, goofy stuff at Goodwill and estate sales. And I've got, you know, a fantastic collection of just cool, fun, old stuff. And I've got an Instagram handle waiting, just like, you know, all I got to do is start taking pictures and start uploading things and find the right hashtags to post things under, find the right people to follow and start building it up. But, you know, I haven't done it yet because there's other things that, you know, have been keeping me, keeping me there, but I've got projects started kind of all across the board and it's because you're, it's and I think it's important to do prioritizing that. your time is the point it, because at the end of the day, you're, you're going back to this notion of, but is it more important than what I'm doing now, which you and I both know, especially having a baby. I mean, at the so. end of the day, it's, you would rather experience having this baby under your care and being present with the baby. And you don't want to miss that chance. Same way I feel. Well, the job you said before, the job's always going to be there. Like the seven-year-old version of my, of my middle child will not always be there. And that's what's there right now. And so if I want to catch that ride, I need to be there on that ride right now, you know, and it's, that's the decision. And I like, you know, I grew up with two working parents every day after school, I was, when I got a little older on a bus over to the aftercare center, they'd pick me up at five, you know, five 30 and we'd go home. We'd rush to get dinner on the table. I'd do some of my homework and it was off to bed, you know? And it's just like, I pick my kids up in our Volkswagen bus at like three o'clock in the afternoon every day. And sometimes we get ice cream on the way home and, you know, they've got soccer practice that, that we take them to and piano practice and tennis today. And so there's just like, I'm there with them. And, I want that because I want them to know that I was there and they'll remember it and they'll know. And that doesn't mean if, you know, four years from now, I end up, you know, having to, to only, you know, 
spend 30 or 40 hours a week doing um, something that I've started up or something that I, that I really believe in uh, because at that time, you know, it might be more worth it. You know, I will have, I will have had all those moments, right? Like the, I, I, I don't know, but maybe when he's 13, I'll feel differently and I'll be like, I want to be there still, you know, he's still sucking his thumb. Oh my God. I love this kid. Right. So who knows? Um, I think, I think the fact is I, I think if I remain open and if I remain, you know, um, optimistic and it's like, there will be opportunities. For sure. It's an abundance mindset. It's so interesting because I had that discuss. I mean, every day I think of it too, where I'm like, the fact that with this baby, the first two babies, particularly my second one, I literally had the baby and I was on the road across the country five days a week for over a year. Like I was not there. And, um, I was happy with that decision at that time. That's what I needed. But now I'm like, wow, I, I missed, I missed a lot of her first. And now I'm just eating up the, the experience with baby London and I'm relaxed with her and I'm present. And because I came from a situation prior that I wasn't able to do that now, I, it like makes it that much more yummy, you know, cause I really get it. Like, this is so special. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Lauren and I have said about, about our baby now, Wesley, because we were both working and working so much with the other two kids and having nannies in the house, the nannies would show up at seven 30, we'd be gone. Like, you know, just showing back up at five, and it was just, it was a lot. We've said about Wesley that we're both able to adore him in a way that we weren't really able to adore the other boys. Like, and it's not that we didn't want to adore them in this kind of way. I'm sure we would have wanted to, and we would have loved it, but we just weren't able to, we weren't at the, the, the it wasn't available because as we had to work and we had to keep, you know, that moving. And that was just the, the setup that we had, but with Wesley, I think in particular, her being able to work so much from home. And so we were pretty strategic with our timing as well. She got pregnant and then we had him in January, which meant that she had that whole first semester on maternity leave. And then we rolled right into summer, which she does. She has off anyways. And so she basically got, you know, the first nine months just home with him, which awesome. has been really great. And, and, you know, me too, being able to be there, we're able to, like, it's like, we were struggling to, to put it into words, but really what we came up with is that we're able to adore him in a way that we just weren't able to adore the other two. It's like extra kisses, extra sniffs, like just spending a little extra time running your fingers through his little hair and, you know, like asking a couple extra questions as you're walking around the house, you know, just every, it's like a lingering, just like lingers, every little exchange lingers a little bit longer than it than it did with the other ones and it feels really sweet a hundred percent the big boys don't remember this about their childhood and so i think that we're getting the benefit of them feeling like this was how it was for them also and <laughs> totally. so we're getting all this extra credit because our nine-year-old's like man like you guys really love your boys don't you and we're just like yes we do we just <laughs> I say to my kids, wait, Charlotte, I don't know what your first word was. I wasn't there. Let me call your real mother, Becky. And then I call our nanny, our old nanny. I'm like, Becky, was Charlotte's <laughs> first word bunny? And she's like, no, it was poop. I'm like, oh, sweetie, mommy wasn't there. She said the wrong word. It wasn't. Stop telling everyone bunny. It was poop, dear. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I think Howie's, Howie's was like alligator. The kid is 
The kid is very verbose. He was like, he was very judgy for a while. It took him forever to start talking, but then he was just like, he had this alligator little toy and I would always be like, yeah, Mr. Alligator, Mr. Alligator. And one day he just kind of looked at us and was like, alligator. Wow. That's four syllables, dude. That's like no joke. My last question is, so how does your wife, how do you feel like she supports you in not feeling like emasculated or makes, and by the way, I actually feel like Hillary and I talked about this can come to think of it. I think this is not just a dad thing, a stay-at-home dad thing, but a stay-at-home mom thing too, is how does your spouse make you feel valued, but particularly for mm-hmm. a stay-at-home dad, not to feel emasculated and to feel valued. What does she do or say, or how does that work between the two of you where you both feel secure and valued and um, like equal participants in your family and overall home life? I think that's a really good question. Uh, I will say that being home with the kids, I think have really fast-tracked a lot of conversation and discussion with our relationship as a whole. And so it, I think, you know, her being home, me being home, it's just forced a lot of time. And we've had some, some really rough moments in our relationship where, you know, candidly it, 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 you're like, is this really going to work out? Right. Because at times it's felt just so, so tough. Specifically, we've gone through moments where I have felt a ton of resentment that like, I'm not being appreciated or recognized for everything that goes on around here. And, and also wanting her to do more when she gets home and having to like, you know, over time put myself in check. And, and again, like this has spurred a lot of discussions, just really hard, open, honest and candid discussions about what our expectations need to be, what they are, you know, understanding that even if it doesn't feel properly aligned, sometimes it might be what the other person needs, right? Even if it's not as fair. And so there's been a lot of, uh, there's been a lot of like, I think over the years, learning and development around how, how I can, how I can feel valued, appreciated, recognized. You know, I, I, I worried a little bit about her seeing me differently also, right? Like from a woman to a man, and and will that you know i know that she thinks it's really nice that i'm home with the kids and it's really endearing but i also want her to think i'm sexy and i also want her to think i'm you know available and her and her you know man and so there there i think have been there've been a lot of there've just been a lot of ways that i think both of us have been able to um, to come together so what she does she's very good about verbally saying wow, the house looks great. Oh, thank you for doing that. You know, she's, she's really good about that. She wasn't always, and she's learned to, to recognize that. I am like, like touch is my love language. I'm just like a very affectionate and sort of physical person. That's how I feel loved. And in moments where Lauren sometimes is super busy with work, it's, it's really easy for her to get just zoned in there in her head and you know, at times can feel like she's not even there or, you know, to me, it can feel like she doesn't even recognize that I'm there. And so, you know, we have very, we're, we're at the point now where I can flat out just be like, Hey, can you put the phone down for the rest of this evening so that we can just kind of connect, you know? Right. And, and if she, and if she has something, she'll say, I need 10 more minutes to finish this up and then I can do that. Yeah. 
you I know, love but I gotta, I gotta remember, I gotta remember too, that she's, when she comes home from work, you know, or is done, even though she's been home all day when she's done and walks out of her office, it doesn't, she's not always ready to, to jump into parenting. And, and if you consider that at that moment, you know, it's five o'clock, she just came out of her office, like, technically my job's done, her job's done, now we're co-parenting. Like now I've got to still give 50%, you know, like I don't, I can't expect that she's going to take on everything and just go, I still have to be there. And so she's, she's really good about supporting. There's tons of times she sets the laundry. She just gets it done. There's tons of times she'll just clean up, you know, and I can flat out say like, I just, I'm going to go to bed. I'm super tired. You know, I still dream feed the baby every night at 10. And so there's times after dinner where I'm like, you can put the big kids to bed. I'm going to go get a couple hours of sleep and set an alarm so I can feed the baby later. And she's great about that. It hasn't always been that way for both of us, you know, being able to accept and just give that, even if it isn't what you want, you know, it's what's good. It's what's good for the family. It's what this person is asking for. Yeah. So I think, I think that the ways that she's been supportive are recognition, you know, acceptance, knowing that it's hard you know there there are moments still where like i'll see her kind of get frustrated and flustered with the kids you know if she's taking the boys to school in the morning or something and i'm just kind of sitting back with the baby and she's running around like get your backpack you know take your pill did you eat your breakfast where's your shoes oh my god you know and i'll sit there and i'll sometimes like candidly i'll just be like in my head to myself you know it's good that she's having this it's good that she's having this moment so that she can see how challenging this is. And I'm not going to step in. I'm not going to try to help. Like, I'm just going to, you know, it's good that she's, she's having this moment too, so that she can appreciate when, you know, on those days when I've got all three kids and I'm taking them to school, uh, which is most days that it's, that it's hard. And very hard. uh, Very hard. I'm not always, especially when you have the baby. Oh yeah. That's the part that makes it super hard. you get him in the car seat and then he poops and oh yeah oh yeah or the baby doesn't understand patience when you're trying to get so-and-so's shoes on or whatever and then you know the baby's screaming too and i mean it's it's especially joyous and um poetic when all three of them get to yell at you at once that's super fun you know the baby needs what it needs he or she needs now you know and that's that so i i love that i love you know, thank you, first of all, for even being honest. I think that's really hard to say, look, it's hard for us to figure out our stride. And there's been, you know, challenges and stuff, because everything you just said completely makes sense and resonates because my husband and I have had those, you know, continuous, like you say, it's it's continuous at the end of the day, like it's partnership. And, um, it does require exactly as you said, open, honest communication. And to me, it's like you two have the respect and the open, you, you know, found the tools and come to terms with using tools to communicate your needs. And look, it's not easy. She comes home from work. She's exhausted. You're, you're probably ready to go to bed. If you're anything like me, I'm the other night I fell asleep before 8 PM before 8 PM. And I don't even have a dream. I was asleep at seven the other night. I mean, it's I hear like, you. You're physically totally. exhausted. Like it's it's exhausting for everybody. So I think that's really brilliant that and I love that you said you still want to be seen as like her man and sexy and you know and all of those things. And I think yeah. it's really tough. We'll go out on dates 
that's uh, that's the other point is that we'll still go out on dates and you know go to a nice restaurant spend a little money just like we would have when we both had jobs and you know i think that's that's been really important for us to like you know go out uh, not just be at the home it's, it's easy once you live here and work here to just be here right and so like getting out still and doing that we try to get out once a week and it's like hearing her say you know you look really nice you know, all of that stuff is, is, is just, but that's all just stuff that I think every couple should be doing regardless of, you know, what they're trying to support their, their spouse on and just, you know, general, general supportive stuff. I mean, it's, you know, that's, that goes a long way, but her recognizing that for me, particularly, I like touch, you know, if I'm in the kitchen cleaning the bottles, she'll come by and just like rub my back and give me a little kiss and say, thank you. You know, like, and I don't like clean. I hate cleaning bottles. It's like the worst. So oh, the worst. Um, it really is. Yeah. There's there's stuff that she recognizes. It's like I would rather be doing other things. But um, at the end of the day, this is the dream. Like it's the dream. I get to wear whatever clothes I want. I play around with the kids all day. I get stuff ready. It's stressful at times. Like I got a bunch of laundry going today, and so then a few errands I got to run. But uh, it's it's I wouldn't have it any other way. And um, and if I do go back to work, it'll be something that that I don't have to compromise, you know, all of all of these wonderful things that I'm able to do and this person that I'm able to be for my family, you know, just to make a buck. Like that doesn't seem worth it to me. Any you know, as worth it to me as as it did before. I love it. To that end, I know you do have a lot to do and we probably could talk for hours, but I really do want to say I think that you're someone that you're a very active, passionate person. And I can see that you proactively pour into your family. It's not like, oh, you're just sitting on the couch watching football all day. You know, by the way, if you get to do that, sometimes I think you should, but you know, I, I see that you're a really, really amazing hands-on father and very passionate at everything you do. You're incredibly bright. And you have a lot of confidence to be able to like wear this role with confidence and know your value. And the fact that your boys get to have you there is priceless and you don't get the time back. So I just want to say like, I, I think you're really, a really, really special person. I can see why Hillary was like, you have to talk to Sean because you're obviously amazing. So thank you for being here with me thank and you. taking time out of your busy day. I know your free time is very, very valuable. So um, yes, just thank you so much. And we loved having you on. Thank you. I really had a nice time talking and, uh, and this is a blast. All right, that is it for today. Now, as you know, some of our best conversations actually happen after the show. So I want you to find me on Instagram at Kimberly Lovey and let me know your thoughts about today's show. You can screenshot this episode and let us know what your biggest takeaway was and tag me at Kimberly Lovey and we can share it on our stories. I will see you again, same time, same place next week. <laughs>